Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Mark and you who are watching on YouTube will notice that we don't have any ranks next to our names and that's because we're talking about an entirely different fantasy game. That's right, we both had such terrible luck in game week five, we decided we're going to try our luck at something else. And uh, today we're going to talk about UCL Fantasy because the Champions League is back and of course there is a fantasy game to go with that. There's been plenty of content on Fantasy Football Scout, Fantasy Football Community and the wider Scout Network as well. And yeah, Mark's joining us today to uh, to fill us in uh, on, the, the, on the eve of Newcastle's return to the Champions League as well. So it's an exciting time for you, isn't it, Mark? Uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to convince colleagues and stuff that my interest in in this fantasy game is purely coincidental and nothing to do with Newcastle's involvement. Um, and part of that's true, but uh, yeah, it, it's, sort of, it sort of means everything, but at the same time, you've got to play it cool because you're surrounded by fans of Chelsea and Man United and Tottenham, and it's just normal to them. So you've got to pretend that it's normal, but actually it's, a, we're pretty excited up here. Like your first day at secondary school, where you want to look cool, but on the inside, you're just stressed, excited, you know, all of the emotions at opposite ends and imagining what might happen or what might not happen or, you know, all the different things. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a chance because last last season was a bit of possibly overachievement and the way this season started, you already think, well, this might be a, not one-off, but you know, the chance of doing it again next season might be a bit tougher. So just got to make the most of this, really, and just enjoy it and just spread the name around Europe, really. Mm. Well, of course, being able to select Newcastle players, both in FPL and UCL Fantasy, is all part of uh, that enjoyment experience, especially for the Geordies. But of course, that's also true for fans of other clubs as well. Um, and uh, before we, uh, we're going to have a look at some of the best players from those clubs uh, in a minute. And, uh, but before we do that, there's a couple of things, bits of housekeeping we have to do before we start looking at the best players. First things first, we're going to have a look uh, at the best way for you guys to follow Champions League uh, fantasy coverage this year. And fantasy Football Scout, as ever, has you covered here and um, we've got our UCL fantasy podcast which is um, uh, comes out regular installments with uh, people who know much more about Champions League football than me um, and so if, if nothing else the best advice I can give today is to uh, to subscribe to this particular podcast uh, on whichever podcast platform you get your podcast from um, they do some great content they've been putting together some brilliant stuff team reveals chip strategy all sorts uh, and we're gonna have it we're gonna just you know 
have a look at just the surface, the tip of the iceberg of some of that today. And if you want to see what's below the surface, then this is the podcast uh, for you. But before we get any further, uh, as I said, housekeeping does continue. Because for anyone who's out there who wants to play UCL Fantasy perhaps for the first time, or anyone who's not played it in a while and needs a refresher course, perhaps Newcastle fans might be among them, um, yeah, give us a bit of a rundown, if you can, Mark, on in terms of how the game works, uh, how it's similar to FPL, how it's different, um, and any similarities perhaps with like the UEFA games we played in the past, like the European Championships and things like that. So, yeah, take us away. Yes, so it's to an FPL manager, it's a very familiar game. There are a few differences, which I'll get to shortly, but... Uh, on the on the basic level, it's it's a hundred million euros budget for the for the group stage, fifteen man squad just like FPL, five defenders, five midfielders, maximum of three per club. This is all quite familiar. Um, and the points are almost exactly the same. There's just a couple of differences. You get um more defensive players. They get a point for every three ball recoveries. So that adds a little bit more appeal to some players that might not have other eyes. Um, and if any goals are scored from outside of the box, there's an additional one point. So little things like that. Um, there's no bonus points. Instead, one player of the match gets three bonuses. So th- th- there's slight differences like that, but on a very basic level, it- it's very, very similar game. Um, there are chips as well. But there's only two chips. Um, wild card and limitless. Um, limitless is just a free hit, but no budget. You could genuinely pick the fifteen most expensive players if you wanted to. Um, and before the round of sixteen, it's unlimited transfers. So again, that's virtually another wild card. Um, two free transfers per group match day. You can only roll over one of them, and the match day as opposed to a game week, is what you call the Tuesday and Wednesday combined. Nice. Yeah, lots of similarities, but lots of differences uh, as well. And uh, is there any differences in terms of the way that um, selection works, you know, substitutions and things like that? Anything there? Um, I, in the past, when I play games, I have that. It does keep me on my toes, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, so if if you've played some of the sort of the international tournament ones like the World Cup or the Euro sort of fantasy games, you might be familiar with um, the ability to switch lineup and captaincies day to day. And that's something that UCL fantasy has as well. So if you can select the captain on Tuesday and if they don't do very well, that's fine. You can just switch it to one of your Wednesday players. And uh, it's the same with people in the actual lineup. Unless your player, unless your Tuesday player has been sent off, you can move any disappointing ones to the bench and replace them for Wednesday. Hmm. So that's 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 a, that adds a whole new strategy to the game. In fact, really, because in FPL we sort of have the the second goalkeeper and the fifth defender, stuff like that. Players who you're never going to use, but in this game, there's not really any. Ideally, there wouldn't be that because you want to have as many. You want to maximize. Uh, the routes to points as possible. You want all five of your defenders to be to be good options, and you can just simply move them in and out depending on performance. Yeah, I have to say it's these sorts of games. I think they are always going to really, really appeal to people who 
really love going into really like minute levels of detail for fan- uh, for fantasy football for Premier League and stuff like that. And so people who are avid listeners and watchers and consumers of fantasy football scout content, members as well, especially those who are used to going through, you know, lots of different stats and and tables and things. It does suit people like that because you mentioned earlier about the extra points for goals outside the box, extra points for, you know, sort of defensive contributions as well. You know, if you if you're if you're sat there watching this or listening to to this, depending on where you're accessing this, um, thinking about you know what, sometimes I'm in the members area and I'm looking at all of these different things I wish were rewarded in FPL. Well, UCL Fantasy is the best way to sort of make decisions based on the things you've learned. You know, you want to put what you've learned into action, and you can do that in UCL Fantasy, no problem. Mm-hmm. And again, also if you particularly enjoy being able to try and maximise the opportunities for your budget players on your bench. Yeah, as Mark says, you can just give them a go on the Tuesday. If it doesn't work, you can sub them out. And if you do get a big haul out of your really cheap defender, you might as well just keep him in, you know. Um, and, and all those sorts of things can just kind of enhance uh, enjoyment for people who quite enjoy their fantasy football to be hands-on. You know, if you get a game week sometimes in FPL where it's like, well, there's not really much to do other than just roll my transfer and I already know who I want to start. Um, you kind of find yourself sort of twiddling your thumbs, but UCL is a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more applied, and and that can that does appeal to a certain brand of fantasy manager, doesn't it? Yeah, the active managers should, in theory, um, do better in this game. <laughs> Laying down the gauntlet, nice and early. Like if you if you like all that stuff, you have to do better. And if you don't, we're coming after you. Um, let's. The uh, was there for protection purposes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Let, let's move on to um, what things look like for the first match day, because uh, of course that's very much what people are building their squads for. So, and if there's anyone out there who just sort of needs reminders of what the, the, the draw looks like, I mean, I certainly did because I mean I'm a Reading fan, so you probably imagine I don't pay as much attention to uh, the elite European leagues as I probably could or should do. Um, and so, yeah, th- there's a lot of focus around building teams around. Um, well, of course, as as Mark mentioned, you know you are going to be building your team for the group stage and then you get any limited transfers beyond that so the groups are super important for working out that squad and of course the match day one fixture is also very important as well so group a is Bayern munich manchester united copenhagen and galatasaray group b is sevilla arsenal psv and rc Lens. Uh, group c is napoli real madrid uh, braga and union berlin group d is benfica inter milan salzburg real sociedad group e is feyenoord atletico madrid lazio and celtic group f Oh, this is the nasty one, or the exciting one, depending on what brand of Newcastle fan you are. It is um, the Magpies, of course, alongside AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund, and Paris Saint-Germain. Group G is Man City, Leipzig. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt this. Savena Zvezda. Who knows if I got that right? Uh, young boys. That's a nice, easy one to say. Um, and then Group H: Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Antwerp. So those are the groups there. And uh, yeah, this is the match day one fixtures. Um, Milan versus Newcastle, Young Boys versus Leipzig, Barcelona versus Antwerp, Feyenoord versus Celtic, Lazio versus Atletico, and City versus that team that I'm not going to attempt a second pronunciation of. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain versus Dortmund, Shadardnets uh, versus Porto, that's um, that's on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Galatasaray versus Copenhagen, Real Madrid versus Union Berlin, Arsenal versus PSV, Bayern Munich, Harry Kane leading the line against uh, the opposition he's used to facing, Manchester United, Benfica versus Salzburg, Braga versus Napoli, Real Sociedad against Inter Milan, and Lons are travelling to Sevilla. So that is the first round of fixtures that people are looking at. Uh, and what we do have uh, access to is a fantastic season ticker that has been put pulled together by some of our people behind the scenes at Fantasy Football Scout, because all of that 
good content you could get for FPL. You can also get a lot of it for UCL Fantasy as well, and that's uh, including the Season 2 result, which I've just popped up on the screen. And so uh, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to hand back to Mark to sort of talk us through, you know, the groups that people are targeting for their players, you know, what type of groups we're looking at here, which fixtures to look at. And I guess this also comes with a sort of strategy-based question of how much do people build their squads for match day one? How much do you take into account the entirety of the group stage? Because, of course, those chips that you're going to play, um, they have optimal times to use them. And I'm going to imagine that the optimal time to use those chips is largely going to impact to what extent you go short term or long term um, between match days one and six with your team selection. So, yeah, lots to unpack there. I'll let you um, take it in baby steps. But, yeah, what's uh, what's people's thinking here? Well, yeah, so amongst all the brilliant articles that have gone up on, on both Scout and Fantasy Football Community and I'd really recommend reading some of those because it's, it's it's a lot of strategy talk as well because the strategy is different. And there's a piece going up on Scout from uh, Milanista, FPL Milanista, and he was saying things like, you've got to be more aggressive with this game than in FPL because there's a lot fewer, you know, instead of 38 uh, game weeks, there's 13 match days. So like every week counts a bit more. And when, certainly when it comes to chips, a popular strategy in seasons past has been to, well, use bo- using both of them in the group stages, first of all, because that's, in again, theoretically, um, a time when there's a lot of weaker teams and a lot of stronger teams. So there should be a lot of hauls there and, and big wins, and you want to take advantage of that because in the knockout round, using a chip might, have less impact when the matches are more hard fought and maybe fewer fewer goals. So one popular strategy is to use limitless in game week two so that your initial squad can purely focus on the first set of matches. And then wildcard in game week three, because game week match days three and four are just the reverse fixtures of each other. So if you're a team who has like a good match day three, you're going to have two of them back to back and it would be fantastic to sort of uh, triple up on those sides. So uh, Milanista does think that it might not be the answer this time, the way the fixtures have landed. Uh, there's like a lot of nice, uh, not not so many nice ones in match day two. So the limitless might not be used to its full potential. But at the same time, a limitless in match day six would also be wasted potential because you might see a lot of already qualified teams rotate. So bearing that in mind and bearing in mind that you probably want a squad that's quite evenly balanced between Tuesday and Wednesday fixtures. So ideally you'd have half of your players from the first four groups and half from the second full group so that it makes the switching between nights process better. And yeah, you could do all sorts of things with that. Like he was saying that last season you could, you could afford to go very, very risky with your Tuesday captain. You could just pick You could pick an attacking left back as your captain, knowing that you have the safety of the Wednesday captain in your back pocket. So, okay, you're attacking left back blanks. Well, that's fine. Haaland's the next night. Easy. 
Uh, so there's potential for that as well. And another thing is that the deadline for each match day goes right up to the first kickoffs. So there will be, for example, match day one, Tuesday night, we'll already know the Milan, Newcastle, Leipzig, Young Boys teams by the deadline. And you could use that to your advantage because with with that knowledge, you could therefore pick a brilliant differential or there could be a very cheap midfielder who's been given the nod and you can sort of use that to put the money elsewhere. So, um, yeah, so I think when we come to my squad later on, it is kind of heavily with match day one fixtures in mind, but um, admittedly haven't really thought in detail yet about what the chip strategy is going to be. Hmm. Yeah, it certainly is a, a competition. And again, it, it reminds me very much of uh, the World Cup and the, the Euros games where um, you need to maximise your points in the group stage because that's the best opportunity to have differentials with other people because it's not just about the fixture difficulty. It's just as more and more teams get eliminated, the pool of available players continues to shrink with every round. And in the first six, that's obviously not going to happen. And argue, well, Although arguably you could say the pool of players starts to shrink around match day five and six because some teams, they win their first four games. You know, could use match days five and six to to rotate. So, um, yeah, that's when you want to have a look at them. And uh, in terms of match day one as well, um, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is the way that the fixtures have uh, wound up is that match day one is when seed number one and seed number four from the different pots that they've been drawn are in match day one. So I think it means that your best teams in every group, in theory, have the worst available team according to the rankings in match day one, which again is also quite useful because you can sort of um, target that um, a little bit more. So, um, which which again, I think is quite nice. I think it's what makes UCL Fantasy a game that you can sort of enjoy with a lot more freedom in many ways than you can with FPL. I mean, it's not to criticise FPL. I mean, I love playing FPL, but, you know, those some of the, the weekly stresses we have in FPL, uh, you don't have to worry about so much here because you can build exciting, aggressive, short-term teams. And if they don't work out, you can use the chips. Uh, well, it, it's advantageous to use them early anyway, so you can correct some of those early team-building mistakes. Um, and it just sort of encourages draft building on, on a more sort of free level. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's lots to enjoy here, lots of uh, fun to be had. And, of course, you know, the Champions League is always fantastic entertainment anyway. So, yeah, that's very much, um, that's that's my view on it. If there's people on there, I'm in an iron about playing. I think it's definitely worth considering. We said we'd come on to your team in a minute, Mark, but let's uh, have a look if we can just go through some of the big names who help people out perhaps in understanding uh, who the must-owns are. Because I suppose... If you're if you're watching this and you're perhaps British based, which which uh, from what we can see from our analytics is most of you, um, you know you might not necessarily have as much of an idea on what's going on in the European leagues um, as you perhaps would like. There's a lot of interest in the English players because there's some kindly priced ones at Newcastle. There's some important must-haves at Man City and maybe Arsenal as well. Um, but yeah, who are the sort of uh, the important ones to own? Who are the ones that we would be should be scared of not owning but perhaps we don't see them play every Saturday because they play in a different league and it's hard to know who they are so yeah uh just for match day one or in general well match day uh, let's focus on match day one I think because there's very much right. this view of building these match day one squad building these match day one squads to you know get the most out of that first game week so I think it's got to be got to be yeah. got to be there yeah well the, one of the differences with the player pricing is that unlike an FPL the Champions League game has a lot of premium priced forwards so here you've got Haaland, Mbappe, Kane, Lewandowski, 
Oshim and people like that. Whereas, um, I guess in FPL, normally you would tend to have like the likes of Salah and De Bruyne and all that. Lot. Before this season, you had Fernandez who was 10 million plus as well. So there's a slightly different order. Like it's a bit, your team is more likely to be top heavy in this game because uh, having only one of those big strikers would feel like a bit of a waste, especially when Lewandowski is at home to Antwerp. Um, Haaland's at home to the Serbian side. Um, Harry Kane against Manchester United, which of course may be the easiest <laughs> fixture of them all. Yeah. Uh, not really. Um, so yeah, and even then there's players like, um, if you are targeting just the first game week, Galatasaray at home to Copenhagen. So you got Icardi, for example. So there's a lot of um, match day one players who in on paper have nice fixtures. The Man City guys, the Barcelona guys, um, on Tuesday and then on Wednesday. It's less clear cut on Wednesday, in all honesty. There's there's some matches that look fairly even-ish. You've got sort of Bayern versus Manchester United, Sociedad, Inter, uh, games like that. So, yeah, in terms of targeting players, Leipzig players are probably quite popular against young boys. Um, anybody in Group F, that group of death, um, I guess... Fixtures will never be a reason why you would pick a PSG or Milan player because the fixtures, as was on that ticker that you, the fixture ticker that you put up, those are very, all six fixtures are classed <laughs> as difficult. So that would purely be four more fixtures. And yeah, it's just as with FPL, just sort of keep an eye on what the managers say in their press conferences. You know, is Pep, how strong will Pep Guardiola go at home to the weakest side in the group. Barcelona at home to Antwerp. And I think Xavi has already made a comment, um, a very sort of De Zerbi-esque comment about uh, rotation. So that already puts a little bit of nervousness into which Barca defender do you go for? Do you go for uh, Jules Koundé or is his place in jeopardy now? So yeah, yeah and another thing, Another thing, a lot of the good goalkeepers, unfortunately, because with the rotation between the Tuesday and Wednesday nights, really, you you should have one uh, Tuesday goalkeeper and one Wednesday goalkeeper. And unfortunately, a lot of them all, a lot of the better options all seem to be in the same half of the draw, which is a little bit irritating. Sort of removes that prospect. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of teams... 32 yeah. teams as opposed to 20 so that's a lot of players yeah very true very true i suppose yeah um handily enough you can just about focus them around those fixtures uh if you're going to play a one week to the next especially in the first three but yeah certainly it's uh there's lots to choose from um for sure and uh you've been uh playing around with that today um this is the second squad that mark sent me which just goes to show uh just how much uh, choice there is um, and, and as you say, an excellent point here is it is a very top-heavy uh, selection, but that's not abnormal uh, for Champions League fantasy teams because I mean we see some of the the continent's best strikers in this in this tournament, um, and uh, when sometimes there can be a bit of a disparity between teams because of course you know there's always going to be 
one, maybe two teams in a group that perhaps they're there for the first time or they didn't actually win their domestic league and they're up against, you know, a Titan like a Bayern or a Barca or something. And those matchups do really, really favour your goal-scoring centre-forwards. And that's why, yeah, we've got Lewandowski, we've got Haaland, we've got Akadi up front for you. Um, we'll talk, I'll, I'll reel through it for the benefit of the podcast listeners and then you can tell us about some of the 50-50s you've been mulling over and some of the, uh, the strategy you're thinking about. So, um, and I'm going to try and get these names right as well. So we've got um, Blasvich in goal uh, and Kepa as your two goalkeepers. Hopefully I've said that correctly. Uh, Kunde, Gertrida, Raum, Gvardiol and Dumfries as the back five. Sané, Simons, uh, Iv- Ivanusec, Bellingham and Turam as the midfielders. Uh, Mark is, gr- is grimacing. I'm clearly getting some of these wrong. No, and no. Lewandowski, uh, Haaland and Icardio. Those are easy. Those are easy ones. Uh, but yeah, that's your that's your 15. Um who who was sort of the first names on the team sheet? Anyone undecided on at the moment? Um, well, first of all, um, I have. When you asked me to put together a squad, there I, I did sort of. Uh, I came up with two ones that were fairly different pretty quickly because I, I'm struggling a bit with the budget. Um, there's a lot of good players that I really wanted that that couldn't get here. Like so, it was using the. The idea that oh your fifth defender and your fifth midfielder um can be good options, but then at the same time it can't afford can't really afford anything above the basic values anyway. So yeah, the two of the first picks um involve ownership because the Bellingham and Haaland are by far the most owned players in the game. Um Bellingham, at the time of recording, is uh, is in 75% of squads and Haaland is in 74%. After that, it's 30. Wow. The next best one after that's 30. So it's, it's, it, it does do... Yeah. It's that Bellingham price, right? So what, I, what I'd seen is that he's at, he's come down in price, is that right? But he started the season like super, super well um, yeah. for, for, you know, club and country. Yeah, yes, he has, and it, it just makes so much sense that. And once that price of seven point five million was revealed, uh, I think that sort of made a lot of managers' minds up. So it's beyond those two where there's a bit of variation going on. Um, I did really want a Man City midfielder in there, even someone like Rodri, who is going to be rewarded for his ball recoveries, but is also starting to score goals for Man City. I thought that would be a good combination, but. Uh, it was a budget budgetary reason. Uh, Saka was on the verge at some point, but sacrifices had to be made. And you know, it's picking Lewandowski and Haaland is great, but that means not having Kane. So that's a shame as well. But uh, you can't have them all, unfortunately. And <laughs> uh, yeah, even a couple of the defenders, like I really, it was really tempted to get Alphonse Davis. Teo Fernandez is all always a, a popular. Like he's such a good attacking player, but uh, yeah, in the end, I've gone for a few guesses. I think Blasvich is a four point five goalkeeper for Leipzig, and he um, seems to be fairly nailed in goal for them. And he plays on a different night to Kepa, who again feels fairly underpriced because he sort of um, because of Courtois' injury. That sort of it's like a backup goalkeeper who's going to start, so that that's uh, that five million looks pretty good. 
Dumfries and his teammate DeMarco are very, very attacking uh, sort of wing backs. So even though that first fixture isn't doesn't immediately stand out, it's just uh, their attacking potential is so high. Guardiola was just a case of guessing Pep's defenders, as always, that could switch. Uh, David Raum uh, offers potential at both ends of the pitch. There's a couple of Feyenoord players in there, Gertrude and Ivanusic. Um, the latter I'd only really thought of because I'd seen online that he was priced at 4.5 million as a mid- 4.5 midfielder, but is actually he's just arrived at Feyenoord and he's had a pretty good start there. So at home to Celtic, you think, well, he's got the price, he's potentially got the fixture and the form, and yeah, he allows expensive players all around so i think he's playing on i want to say tuesday perhaps yeah he's playing on tuesday i was just having a look at the fixtures there because i mean final wouldn't necessarily stand out in their group but they do no. in match they won because yeah they do in match they won, they struggle in europe sometimes and because it's tuesday if he doesn't work out you can just say okay well my 4.5 midfielder blanked so what incomes in comes Bellingham on Wednesday instead. So that, that one's uh, very... Uh, Sane, it was just a matter of picking one of the buy-ins, uh, whether it's him or Gnabry or Musiala. Um, I probably need to do a bit more research into that, really, uh, just to see how uh, the Bundesliga champions have, uh, tend to line up in, in these games. And I think uh, Bundesliga is something else that fantasy football community covers quite well. So I might go there. Nice little plug. Um, nice little plug. Xavi Simons has just arrived at Leipzig. He had a really good season at PSV last year. I want to say that was he the joint top scorer in the yeah, Divisie, something like that. Um, and, and that's a midfielder, so he has a lot of potential. Marcus Turam, six point five million, um, in the game, and he's he started well at Inter. I think there's a bit of out of position potential there. So, I think that squad's okay, and because I was in such a rush. There, there's actually half a million left over. So I've sort of gone from struggling with the budget to suddenly having half a million left. So uh might try and do something with that in the next 24 hours. But um after looking at um all the other experts online with their squads, I've um, shamelessly copied some of them and uh, come up with a team that's hopefully okay. Hopefully, there's certainly some thought into it, especially with the Tuesday Wednesday thing. I mean, I do really like that. That sometimes I find that the 4.5 million midfielder that we choose, or the 4.0 million defender that we choose in FPL, is someone who just rots on the bench, and it sort of. I'm I'm happy. I'm comfortable with how that works. But if there's a game that rewards you for just giving them a go and then being able to sub them off for someone who's a lot more reliable. Um, it can just make for some more exciting moments. I mean, I, I could see Feyenoord um, getting a good result against Celtic, to be honest. And if you've started those two guys and they get something good, then great. And you could, it allows you, there's more opportunities for you to maximise your differentials. And yeah, there's a couple in there that certainly stand out. Um, and yeah, it's also a good demonstration of how top-heavy this this particular game is with the, with that forward line as well. So yeah, it's looking, uh, as, as a total layman, because I'm not really a Champions League player, 
Um, I think it looks good. You've thought about it uh, quite nicely. Um, but yeah, a good uh, point to obviously mention Fantasy Football Scout, uh, sorry, Fantasy Football Community, which is part of our Scout network. They cover all sorts of things. They cover uh, a number of the different leagues that feed into the Champions League. So I'm going to use this as another opportunity to just, uh, before we go, remind everybody uh, to go and subscribe to the UCL Fantasy Podcast and head to Fantasy Football Community for all of the different content ahead of the new Champions League season. Um, there's also content there available for some of the other fantasy games out there in the world other fa- if there's a fantasy game out there that can be covered just you know you bet they've got it covered so head over to them for all of your sort of around the edges fantasy content uh, it's a good opportunity to discuss uh, those sorts of things uh, as well so make sure you uh, yeah follow them on twitter as well actually or x or whatever i mean i'm fed up of making this joke whatever you want to call it call it that uh, and go and follow them at fantasy ucl pod uh, for uh, additional pieces of information on there as well uh, especially ahead of match day one it can be very very useful to find updates on teams for example and any new episodes and any new bits of content that come out between now and tuesday's deadline you're going to find there first so make sure you've got uh, all that sorted so yeah, I think that's everything uh, from from me, Mark. Unless there's uh, anything you wanted to uh, add to our, our budding selection of new UCL players who we've we've clearly just recruited. Um, no, I think I've had enough sort of five minute monologues there to um, <laughs> have covered everything. I think. Um, but yeah, please check out those websites because I'm not an expert at all. Um, still, sort of fairly new to it. But thanks to those articles you can very quickly sort of um get a bit of knowledge and get a bit of strategy and hopefully that squad looks all right and the benefits of doing a little bit of research before tuesday night and once more the deadline is right up to kick off which is 5 45 uk time mm, yeah very very useful so do keep an eye out for that uh, and of course uh, actually one thing i forgot to mention mark is make sure you do enjoy newcastle's return to the champions league i know some of us neutrals will be cheering you on from the sidelines so yeah fingers really? crossed for you i think so yeah I, I i okay i'm just going to level with everybody i am a shameless i will support every english team in europe just just who i am i i, I being a reading fan i don't have any strong dislike for any of them really so i always want to see the english teams do well so you've got one armchair supporter over here hoping you get a good result um, at the very okay. least, we got a number of Newcastle fans on the team, so I need you all in good good mood this week. <laughs> One of them's in Milan, yeah. so a uh, bit of jealousy. Exactly, bit of jealousy going on there. Hope he has a great time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it goes well. But with that, we shall leave you fine, folks, to the rest of your tinkering, whether or not that's FPL or UCL fantasy, and we shall see you next time. Bye.